Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallmafs. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, Aid. Hi, Tane. Hi, people out there. Welcome to episode four. I noticed you had like, like, (laughs) I don't know how to describe it, though. I wanted to say a trill, (laughs) a musicality. (laughs) (laughs) there was because we finally got moments like like you said we've been stuck in like neutral but you know something finally happened things actually happened so we're getting there to the part where they start hating each other so it's good it's good i'm ready to talk about it today i think i read somewhere that some people don't start watching until the honeymoons they are smart It's it's their version of our matchmaking special non-watch. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I could, you know, I can see why that would be a good move. Mm-hmm. So, do we have anything for the people? Any housekeeping we need to let them know of? Just to give everybody a heads up, this week we posted on Patreon uh, the Chicago retrospective that we did. We watched the Decision Day and the Reunion and we had a good time. So go on our Patreon to see that. And, you know, January, somehow we made it through the first month of the year. And in February, we're going to have Love is Blind. We're going to have Sister Wives for you guys because it's ending. So go check it all out on Patreon. Yes, yes. And guys, for those of you who know how I was feeling about Sister Wives, I am back in. (laughs) (laughs) We all hate Cody together. I am back in. (laughs) The what we're gonna wait for is for them to finish these one on ones, where it's like, wow, you're a family who hates each other so much that you can't do a sit down tell all like you've done in previous seasons. You have to do one on ones, and that hostess looked familiar, but I don't remember her name. Michelle something. 
Hmm. I don't think it's Michelle, but yeah, it's it it escapes me right now too. Okay. So yeah, when they're done doing their one on ones, <laughs> then you will see a bonus episode on your Patreon. All right. So we also asked you guys to give us your questions, and a few of you obliged us and gave us a very simple, straightforward question. Which we're going to do it for the guys. And now I'm like, can we do it for the girls? <laughs> what? <laughs> because I don't want to fuck any of the girls. <laughs> <laughs> so just in case for everybody's, you know, so you're not confused. The question of the week is who would we fuck, marry, or kill? We're going to play a fun game. Yay, yay. <laughs> so we're going to go in order in the spirit of the question. So Tane, who... Of the guys that have been on Married at First Sight, would you fuck? All right. Before our show, it would have been hands down. Wouldn't have thought about it. It would have been Keith. Those who don't remember, Keith was in Charlotte. He was Iris's boo. He's so hot to me. But then we started this show. We got an Instagram account. We had to follow Keith. And I don't know what is going on with that (laughs) man. And I lost my lady boner. So... (laughs) It's not Keith. <laughs> so who I would fuck is Trey. Trey from the Atlanta season. He was hot to me with his little southern accent. And he was tall. And he was a cutie pie. And that's my answer. Trey. Hilarious. Who is yours? I had the same thing. I was like, before we followed him on Instagram, I would have said <laughs> Keith. <laughs> I really had to think about... Because, you know, they'll show the guys. you be like, oh, my God, that guy's so hot. And then you watch them for a season. You watch them on social media. And you're like, you're, you're dropping. And that's, that <laughs> happened more to Keith than to anybody. So my, my sort of my backups were Miles from New Orleans and ah, yeah. Derek from D.C. Oh, my God. Two completely different. <laughs> I'm surprised Greg is not on there. Tane. Yes. <laughs> you will make an appearance later. Sorry. Oh, oops. <laughs> oops. My bad. Okay. So, Tane, who would you marry? Um, I would marry Anthony. I just really like Anthony. I put them in my I put him in my I said them because him and Ashley are one person to me. But I put him in my um boring category, but you know, I'm okay with his kind of boring. He's fun. He's just a nice guy. He doesn't stress too much. I think he would be a good yin to my yang. So Anthony's my person. Um, I would ask who yours is, but I might have spoiled it. Who's yours, Aid? Greg from Charlotte. I would marry Greg in a heartbeat. I think he has the perfect personality. I may have him on a bit of a pedestal because I didn't actually marry him. <laughs> but that is how I feel. <laughs> if in life I were to run across someone like Greg, I'm I may just chase them down until they marry me. <laughs> okay. Um Tane, who would you kill? You know, I don't like going for the obvious people. It's not gonna be Chris, but I have to dig deep because we've had a lot of characters, but I will go with Luke. From Philadelphia. I just, you know, look annoys me. That smirk, he always had this weird smile on his face. So besides what he did to Kate, that was really the first time I got really angry. And the fact that whatever he did spurred me to, like, go find Pastor Cal and write him this 
long thing on Twitter, someone I don't even know, I was like, I must really, really dislike this person. So I would kill Luke. Who would you kill? I, I had to pick more than one. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I, I picked, because it's so terrible to talk about killing people. It's all in theory. Um, <laughs> I would kill Jose and Chris. Oh, that is interesting. Both of them have an insecurity that manifests itself into the worst possible, like, ways. Mm. And I thought of Caleb, like, if I had to hang out with a person, like, if I had to be married at first sight to somebody, who would I, like, if I had to spend time with them, want to kill the most? And it's the two of them. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I think Jose is a surprise here. (laughs) Okay. Well, I don't know. This was a really fun question for me. It was fun just like thinking back all the seasons and then comparing goodness and badness at the same time. It's always good to talk about previous cast members. And something that was fun about this one is we just finished a season. So I'm like, oh, for all these questions and stuff, a whole new set of characters to be adding to our previous seasons list. Yeah. So, yeah. Questions, guys. Bring them on. All right, so since we're talking about our old people, what's going on on social media? Well, we're going to do a little twist on that. For one, I just want to mention that Jamie and Doug are looking to buy a house. Yeah, if you're like me, like, weren't they moving into a mobile home? Yes, they were, and they're renovating it, but then they're moving to Florida, but then they're selling their Jersey house, but then they want to buy a forever home for their kids. It was a ask me anything And she was like, you know, we're open. But by the time she answered it all, she was like, did that make sense to you? Because even I'm confused. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what they're doing, but they're looking for a house. So that's just the update on that. And one funny thing was Brett, Merla, and Rachel were hanging out together and singing along to a song. And it was Casey and Jojo all my life. And they all said together the one line, I promise to never fall in love with a stranger. But then they couldn't hold it. And then they all burst out laughing right after they said fall in love with a stranger. Like, you know, they didn't fall in love with a stranger, but they married one. So I thought it was funny. I hate all of those people. I wish they would stop (laughs) posting on social media. I can't. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, our Instagram is basically just Merla and Rachel. Really? (laughs) (laughs) So um, the other twist of social media is since our previous maths couples don't really have much, we figured that our social media will be about you guys today. We had a bunch of comments um, from last episode from a lot of things that we said and just wanted to share some of the comments that you guys had. Um, You guys remember when Lindsay first debuted the whole situation and we thought it was a slang and we were like, what? What happened? And then we found out it was a place and that was hilarious. But um, Tracy P. cleared it up for us that situate, it's pronounced situate, but spelled situate, um, is a place in Rhode Island, uh, just a little outside of Boston. So thank you for that. Um, Last week, we talked a lot about Lindsay's comment again. Wow, Lindsay. Lindsay's comment again about seeing so many naked bodies, and I just thought she'd stepped with a lot of people. But Damie P. and a bunch of other people also said, you know, Lindsay was a nurse. So I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. That makes more sense than mine. But um, yeah, so she was a nurse, so maybe that's how she's seen a lot of naked bodies. And then 
Thank you for the indulgement. I've spoken a lot about that pineapple tattoo that Elisa has because I don't know. It just bothers me. <laughs> I don't know why it's there. Why anyone would choose a pineapple? But Laura Banks uh, sent like a little picture and said she just somehow feels in her bones that this is why. It's like a saying that says, be a pineapple, stand tall, wear a crown and be sweet on the inside. Um, I mean, we know now that Elisa didn't quite follow it, but if that's what... <laughs> Her inspiration was okay. <laughs> I, I I had another like thought that I you know thought about the pineapple. I thought pineapple was like the sign for swingers. It is. I was <laughs> gonna say that. <laughs> I found that on couple scam. <laughs> but that doesn't really align with Alyssa either. <laughs> no, it doesn't. She'd probably be like, nope, nope, no, no, I don't do that. I'm so private. So um Jordan did um, recommend us watching if they wanted to hear our thoughts on Joe Millionaire, but I don't want to break the sad news, but neither of us are watching Joe Millionaire. Are you, Aid? No. <laughs> Just making sure. No, neither of us are watching, so I'm sorry, Jordan. I don't think that would be a reality. I watched the original many, many years ago, and that has turned me off so much, I don't want to watch this one. Same. And, same. You know. <laughs> um. We did mention how we didn't know who the Jewish one was between Alyssa and Chris. We got a lot of people telling us that Alyssa was the Jewish one based on her last name. And Sarah F. also gave us one step further that a Jew would never name their kid Chris. You know, the whole Jesus Christ uh, situation and stuff, which I never thought of. So thank you. That that was fascinating and possibly one of the most interesting things I've ever learned doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, guys. Um, finally, I think we also got a comment, you know, thanking us for putting them on for Insecure. I'm glad more people are watching. We did have a couple of people also mention that they watched it because we mentioned Insecure. I don't remember if it was a bonus episode or a regular episode. But if you haven't watched it, go watch Insecure. It's an HBO Max. But I'm telling you guys, we have some good black shows. You know, if you want to go with Entryway, I would recommend Girlfriends on Netflix. All the seasons are on there. It's like a version of Sex in the City. But yeah. And of talking of black shows, I am obsessed with Abbott Elementary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel Navy like C. if you've been to school, if you've ever been to school, which I think most of us have, Abbott Elementary is the show for you. It is hilarious. Yes. It is. You should check it out and don't write think pieces. Don't be that person that's not fun at parties and try to say it's not realistic. It's a sitcom, people. (laughs) So (laughs) check that out too on Hulu or on ABC and no, we are not getting paid to say this. (laughs) But yeah, that's all I got, Aid. Now we get to talk about this week's episode of Married at First Sight. Whoop, whoop. All right, let's dive into the episode. So, um, as is tradition every year, even though we saw them getting bed last week, they start from the end of the wedding this week. And, and you know, that is something I really want to know. If anyone has friends with production or anything, I would like to understand the thought process of making us do their nighttime routine, go to bed, and sometimes even see the morning light. And then the week after, we go all the way back to them leaving the wedding. Like, what is the thought process for that? 
So they do a round robin, and Michael is um, calling Jasmina, Mrs. Morenci, and how they look good together. Lindsay's lying on Mark and saying she thinks she got a good man and she thinks that he's very handsome and she's ready to jump in the deep end. They show Stephen Noy just playfully jumping into bed. And I think I saw a tweet, I want to say it was from Rizzo, that showed that how everyone reacted to the petals on their bed shows their personality. Like Stephen Noy jumping into it, Jasmine, uh, Jasmine and Michael carefully just sweeping it off the bed. <laughs> Lindsay just like, <laughs> just like in her scuba thing, just everywhere. Like it just basically shows the personality. And I was like, ah, oh, that's funny. Um, Katina is saying that she's all about you know having to be someone's wife, and she has to learn how to consult with someone else about stuff. Um, then they start going into the rooms, and Katina says, you know, she's not nervous if they'll be intimate or not. Because he seems like someone who will be patient and let her take the lead. Um, I am really curious how she got that impression. I, I, I think she's just talking. <laughs> she don't know. Get the impression of patient. <laughs> <laughs> so, thankfully, we didn't have to see our large ones underwear again because this time he had basketball shorts on. And he tells her that he's happy that he met her and he hopes that it's longer than the process. We move on to Mark and Lindsay. Mark tells Lindsay that it was interesting that both their moms weren't here. And Lindsay just tells him about the complicated relationship with her mom. She asks about his mom and he explains that once she retired, she stopped dressing up. That she just wore nightgowns and wouldn't leave the house. And when his dad died, she stopped going to the bathroom. Now, A, this was so specific to me that I wondered if he meant that she started, like, going on herself. Like, it's one of those things that you just are like, I don't know how to take that. I don't think I want to ask any questions. But I think think it probably does mean what you just said. And, yeah, that's like a, um, yeah, that's a lot to deal with. I think it would also be like, if your mom kind of was like this your whole life, that would be one thing. But I think it would be harder if you had a mom who was functional and then all of a sudden your dad passes away and she just like, that. you have a completely different mother. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. It started before the dad died. Because yeah. she wasn't leaving the house. She was just not. So something, I don't know if something triggered it. But like you said, and like he said in the first episode, he had a great childhood. Everyone or everything was fine or maybe was seemingly. And maybe she just progressively got worse. And that's that's tough. But yeah. Okay. So Lindsay asks, so she has severe depression and did she get any help? And Mark says that she wants it, but she rejects it. It it sounds so little, but that that's so deep to me. Like just wanting something, but you just physically and mentally can't accept it. So he says that his only worry was how his wife would react about his mom. And he's pleased at her reaction. Um, in the bathroom, Lindsay is telling us that she values his vulnerability and honesty. While he's in the bathroom... Lindsay is saging the room. I... Just one one little thing. So she also talked about her situation with her mom. Mm-hmm. And we had, she talked in, I think, unfiltered about an email where her mom talked badly about her. And so in this scene, we actually find out 
about the email because the email where her mom talked badly about her was the same email where her mom was like, I'm not coming to the wedding. So Mm -hmm. glad that just kind of solved like a question from earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I think she said that with the conversation with her brother, right. When they were in the gym that she never actually said anything. Yeah. But there had been this whole thing about how her mom had talked badly about her. Oh, yes, 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 you're right, yeah. So, I don't I don't know about you, but despite all the things Mark was saying, I still think he looked a tad uncomfortable around Lindsay. Did you get that vibe? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think this is going to be a recurring theme. Hmm. So, Michael says that he is seeing signs that Jasmina could be the woman for him, but he's trying not to let the positivity overshadow the fact that they have so many ways to go in knowing each other. Yay, positive Michael. Um, they get in bed, and he tells her about her stepfather, saying the whole, we don't want no weak-minded person, but don't bully her. And Jasmina's laughing, saying that she's not bossy, but she just dated a guy who didn't want to argue with her. <laughs> and Michael jumps in saying, you're not going to have a problem with that. <laughs> so um, we see Steve and Noy and Steve gets on one knee and proposes again, this time with the ring pop. And, you know, they have that cute moment, the cute moment. Well, the cute moment that Aid thinks is cute. Because the ring pop is cute and Noy and Steve are cute. It's all cute. It's all cute. <laughs> So Noe says that, you know, she's hoping that Steve accepts her for who she is. This is her taking off her makeup since he hasn't seen her without makeup. My question was like, can't they hear the interviews? They're just like in a little <laughs> hotel room. So every time they're talking and the guys are pretending not to hear sitting on the bed waiting for them. But then I saw when she came out, it seemed like it was like a suite. Yeah, there was a bedroom and there was a bathroom and there was um, a living room. Because I thought that I heard water when Lindsay was messing around with the thermostat. And I was like, is that Mark taking a shower? Is this the first person in the history of married at first sight who actually took a shower after the wedding? This man just keeps on going up in my estimation. (laughs) I'm glad you thought it was a shower. I thought it was peeing. And I was like, there's no way they would put that on there. Because it sounded like a stream, like a healthy Pea stream. And I was like, oh, it's water. <laughs> so Steve says there's no pressure for sex, but then they start kissing on the bed. And then we turn to Chris. Chris is still reeling from the news, you know, that Demon Alyssa has inflicted on him. <laughs> and <laughs> that demon. I'm that, nah, nah. Unfortunately, they have to awkwardly do that wait outside and wait for the elevator. And I'm just like, this is <laughs> this is terrible. Like, just standing there waiting. He mentions to us again how he had a good day and he has no idea what happened. He asks her if she wants to talk off camera. And she says, not tonight. That she feels uncomfortable and doesn't want to get into it till they sleep on it. You know, I think what kills me about this whole situation is that He just met this person and he has absolutely no idea what she's accusing him of. Like so much so that you say you're uncomfortable staying in a room with me. You're going to think it's the worst thing. Like at least we know what it is, but we have to put ourselves in his shoes. He went through this whole 
emotional day and then you're just like no I, i'm not comfortable i don't want to stay in a room with you what did you hear or what did i do or what did my friends do or what did like yeah and while yeah. you say we know still at this point i was still holding space for like maybe something happened yeah. we don't know what it is I will yeah. say that during this time, I was looking at Chris's pocket square and it was perfect. I'm just saying it looked beautiful. <laughs> Take your word for it. <laughs> so. So while Chris is pondering all of the things that he may have done, one of his um, options, he says, maybe my friend said something. And I'm like, ding, 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 ding. So Chris says he wishes he was with someone who wanted to spend their wedding night with him. And then they switch over to Jasmina and she tells us that they thought that they were going to stay up talking all night, but then they fell asleep. This is the next morning. I don't know if you noticed, but, you know, while she was doing the interview, she was doing this crisscross thing that girls do, you know, when you're not wearing a bra, you're trying to cover your nips. So she had this awkward (laughs) arms over boobs type situation. And I was like, I feel you, girl. (laughs) So... (laughs) So, um, Michael and Jasmina are having breakfast. I thought their breakfast looked so, uh, basic and like <laughs> a little muffins? weak, but then I, re- yeah. And then I remembered, oh, they're going to have brunch, I guess, with the family. So maybe it should be light. But then Michael took a sip of his coffee and I honestly thought I missed something because Jasmina just goes, oh my God, that's so nasty. And I'm like, what did he do? So I rewound <laughs> the tv and then he's like oh because i take my coffee black and i'm like oh wow i agree that's so nasty (laughs) um so he says that he likes that she's down to earth and easy to talk to and then he asks her um do you even know my last name she and then he goes presumption presumptuously he's like do you know your last name i'm like what if she doesn't want to change her last name but she gets it right and she says, Jasmina Morenci does have a nice ring to it. And it does, actually. I like his last name. I it's really it. pretty. It's really pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's Haitian, so it's French, right? I think that's a good assumption. Yeah. That's all I know. It's French. It's their heritage. So... Then she says, how do you know I want your last name? What if I want you to take my last name? They laugh about it, but Michael is like, why you got to make something that's not a big deal? And I'm like, "Mm." Mm -hmm. you guys, I still have my eye on Michael. I don't care what y'all say. (laughs) I don't like the dude. I'm still looking at him from a side. Um, Mark has pretty eyes. Just wanted to put that out there. He always looks bewildered, but he has pretty eyes. But it's like, I don't recall him looking bewildered until he met Lindsay. No, I think he looked bewildered. <laughs> <laughs> he got more, he, he just got more bewildery <laughs> when he met Lindsay. <laughs> so they're having breakfast and Lindsay asks, okay, so why did you decide to do this at 37? I am so shocked that he did not mention that he went through this process before. I was totally expecting that, but he didn't. He just said, He's always been ready for this. And Lindsay's like, oh, I've just been, you know, dating loser after losers. Basically, I've been dating jabronis. And she doesn't know about the rest of the people and she wishes them well, but she feels like she got the prize. Which I thought was a jabroni. I don't know. And you know, it's like an Italian 
Well, that's my guess. An Italian thing for like a schmuck? Oh, it's a foolish or contemptible person. Yeah. It it has that kind of definition and it's jabroni. It sounds like like two words mixed together, like a bro and a, I don't know. No, it's a slang. It's an Italian word. Oh, okay. That sounds like it's an Italian word or whatever. Don't let anybody tell you that this show is not an education. I've learned two things already. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to recall. I was like, my Jersey shorts are coming handy. Where have I heard this before? <laughs> I watched too much stuff. Everything's just jumbled together. But yeah. Um. So then Lindsay was drinking a matcha because I saw it was green. And I was trying to decide, was that a green juice or is that matcha? And then he tried it and he's like, Ugh, it tastes like earthy and he's not wrong it's just gross i i wanted to be one of those people i ordered a matcha one day and i was like no i can't do this it's just gross Mm-mm. matcha coffee so she boldly declares that she has no doubt that they're going to be a success so them fighting so, works so this is the second time in like a short amount of time that he's she's known him maybe the third time where she's like, let me take an opportunity to kind of shit talk other people, like other couples. Like the whole thing about, I don't know what everybody else got or something like that. Got it. And then there was the, all the other girls wanted like this, that, and the other. But I like, Lindsay, why are you? <laughs> so I did not think this until the end of this show, but. We're going to talk about it. I don't think Lindsay's here for the right reasons. We'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So that may, that plays into, you know, bringing that a lot. Like, it's not a competition. So I don't know. I don't know. So Steve and Noi talk about being comfortable and how they have chemistry. And when he says, you know, they didn't have sex, not didn't understand why the producers got that wind down scratch music. Like, is it shocking that they didn't have sex? Like, what was that about? Will it be revealed to be a lie later? <laughs> that is a possibility. They all lie about it. Um, she has a dog, and she's excited about that. And he says he likes dogs, too, and he's not scared of them. Alajuan jokes with Katina that, you know, he's glad that she didn't have morning stinky breath. Um, as a sidebar, Aid has informed me because I'm always like, oh, they wake up and their breath. And Aid is like, that is not their first time waking up. <laughs> <laughs> They've gotten all ready before the cameras and stuff. But he's glad that he was worried that she would have stinky breath and it would have turned him off. And I'm like, okay, how realistic can we be? Um, apparently, Olajuwon is not a cuddler. We're going to hear a lot about that. I First, I thought he was just a bad cuddler. I was like... How are you a bad cuddler? Maybe you don't know the right positions, but he just doesn't like to cuddle, I guess. So she asked him about what he meant, about how he treated women. And he said, you know, he used to cheat and doing stuff when he was in college, but he was young, but he wasn't really cheating because he didn't put any labels. And I'm like, all right, fuck boy. You know, you just do all the things. Oh, go ahead. Can you remind me how old Olajuwon is? I do not remember, actually. I just think for a person who should be a little bit further past this, there's a lot of references to college. <laughs> um, the problem, okay, here's the question. Why do you think he should be a little bit further past this? He's just came out of rehab from being a playboy two years ago. 
But when he talks about his playboyness, he always says, well, when I was in college, when I was in college. And I'm like, I think Olajuwon is at least 27, maybe older. College should be far enough ago that there should be some space between when I was in college and now. He's 29. Yeah, there's too much college talk. Yeah. Well, I think he's trying to give himself an excuse. Like when he was in college, says when he was silly. But the fact is, he was a fuckboy up until two years ago, allegedly. Allegedly. Let me add that part. Let me add that part. So... So Katina says that, you know, her friends would describe her as the fun one and the party girl and she had a fuck buddy and he actually takes it in stride and isn't like all weird about it. And he was like, he has a past and he can't judge her. Um, Alyssa comes in to talk with Chris. Um, Alyssa says she doesn't feel good on what's transpired and she's disappointed and Chris tells us that, you know, she decided to come talk to him at like 2.30 a.m. First of all, you make this man's day a terrible day. Then you don't want him to sleep at 2.30 a.m. is when you decide to talk without cameras. And, and he then offered she told you him, without cameras at a decent hour and you said, no, let's sleep on it. Demon spawn. I don't said it. <laughs> and told him that they didn't vibe. And he says he feels blindsided. So we see Alyssa come over to Chris and he says he's worried that she's checked out completely. And she says she feels that he's not in it. And she says she feels that he feels that she's not in it for the right reasons. He's not wrong. He asks if she thinks that at the end of the day, they are not compatible. And honestly, how do you even conclude without even trying? This is the part that gets me all the time. They haven't interacted at all. Her list of reasons why they could not, like, I was like, but you do not know this man. At all. At all. And because if we're going by that, then he has a leg to stand on. All her friends and family, even her mom was basically like, "Mm, yeah, you have your work cut out for you. Anyways, so she says there are things that she thinks are important. And then the shady producers flash back to her saying that the physical and personality are important. And if she sees snaggle teeth and then they flash to his teeth, she will be saying, have fun, bye. And I guess that's what she's doing. She says they don't have things in common. How do you know? Their hobbies are completely different. I told you don't lead with this golf and the way <laughs> they live life. <laughs> And the way they live life is different. How does he live his life? You do not know. So he asks again, have you decided that this is not going to work? I don't know what bullshit she says, but she says that she takes things in a slow, sp- in a slow pace and they can have a good experience no matter the outcome, which she said multiple times, the outcome part. She and- also said the word experience a few times. And I was like, what do you think this is? <laughs> And and I will be honest, at that time, I was like, this trifling heifer just wants her free vacation. Oh, but I have a question when we get there. If it was not Puerto Rico, would she still go? If it was (laughs) Milwaukee, like the good old people, (laughs) would she still have wanted to go? That is the question. Then he says that he can go as slow as she wants, and she spews more bullshit and cue the tears. Her face is annoying. I just... (laughs) You know, everything about her, just, I see her and my blood just starts boiling. I'm just so annoyed by her. But that was the end of, like, their, you know, morning stuff, you know, meeting up with each other. 
I do want to say, like, we've been getting a lot of ads for the Janet Jackson documentary, which I'm excited about. Someone did mention that they wanted us to cover that. It's under consideration. Um, they got a lot of big stars for this documentary, like, to come, like, give commentary on this. Like, I'm, I'm so impressed. glad. Yeah. Did she produce it herself, though? Hmm. I don't know. The only reason I ask is because, I mean, I'm going to watch this documentary at some point. But, um... Can the people be honest? <laughs> like, if someone else did the documentary, the people would be honest. But if she's one of the producers, yeah. it'll be like the the last dance where Michael got to, you know, cut some stuff out, keep some stuff in. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But then, the you know, having big stars, too, that's the other thing, is are they going to be honest? Because part of, like, you know, the R. Kelly, we didn't get a lot of people... And the few that because nobody wanted to, you know, tarnish their name or anything like that. So if they're coming on for Janet, I'm not going to try to get in her bad graces. So everything I'm going to say is going to be glowing. So who knows? But we'll be right back to continue talking about our couples on maps. We come back to everybody going to their brunches. We start with Jasmina sitting down with two of Mike's sisters. I rewound this twice. I could not find a Chiron to get Mike's sisters' names. Oh, <laughs> I didn't get their names either. Um, so Jasmina tells them that she was freaking out and crying. She says that everybody in her family didn't like her dress because they said it was extra, but she said, I'm extra. <laughs> she also tells the sisters they did not consummate the marriage. And the sisters... Um, ask her to be patient with Michael and she asks how to know when he's angry. They say that he anticipates the worst and she thinks it's a red flag. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. Jasmina also shares that all of her relationships have been long distance and that she's never dated someone in the same state as her. She hopes for longevity, but she also tells his sisters that she's all in and the sisters love her already. They have good vibes. It's just weird to me that their first question was about consummating the marriage. That's just, what is it with siblings asking about your sibling's sex life? That's odd. You just met. It's very odd. But when things are like that, when I see people who seem to be reasonable doing weird stuff, I'm like producers. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So Mike sits down with Kimberly, her mom, and Kimberly explains to Michael that Jasmina has seen both a successful marriage and one that has failed. And she asks Mike what examples he's seen. And he says that he hasn't seen any successful marriages. Um, Shanice, Jasmina's sister, is also there, and she looks just like her. Um, Michael says that he has lived with all women. His His mom raised him. He has, like, older sisters. And he's learned from all of these women how to be a good man, not necessarily what a good marriage looks like. And her mom, you know, says rightfully, not seeing it in motion, sometimes you get lost in expectations. <sighs> so her mom is not wrong because I do think that's what killed the men of last season, these weird, weird, bizarre expectations. But then it then also implies that only people from two parent households understand. 
Yeah, but I guess the way her mom comes across, I feel like the the, the wrong person, well, not the wrong person, the way it's said can mean a lot of things. I felt like her mom was coming at it kind of from like a warning. I, I didn't see exactly what you're saying. It is kind of a mean thing to say. <laughs> and not just mean, but also like, wow, rude. Yeah. Because she wasn't exactly warm about it. Because again, yes, I see her point. Like, you don't know. I remember during Jeffy's season, he said his, uh, it was only the couple of the black couples on TV. That was all, all he had. So I get it. You feel like you haven't. But there are people who have two-parent households, but then they have a warped sense of what it is. And success, a successful marriage means different things to different people. And because every marriage comes with its own struggles, if one couple hasn't faced something else, you don't know. So I think it was more her delivery. She was just like, I'm not going to lie. That's a red flag. Like, you know, I'm, it's concerning. I'm like, whoa, he didn't, he just said he didn't have anyone around. <laughs> it's <laughs> very, um, the issue with what she said is that, is that, that's not something he can control. Yeah. I feel like there's a way she could have said it as a warning. Cause that's what I felt like it was like, you haven't seen it, so you might have some expectations. So you might need to temper your expectations. Yeah. But the way she said it was, like, accusatory a little bit. Like, you've never seen it. And it's like, it's not his fault. Yeah. Absolutely. And then her mom goes into, like, worries about her safety, which I think is just <laughs> normal, but also is normal. I'll just leave that there. I want to be like, they've been background checked. I mean, hopefully they won't kill your child, but we can only hope. I'm um, sorry, Aid, you're going to trust maths producers with background <laughs> checks? What? <laughs> if he killed something last week, then their background check wouldn't have showed it. <laughs> oh, I feel kind of bad joking about it, but it's true. Um, Michael acknowledges that in an interview that she's scared. He knows it's going to take time, but he wants to prove to her that he's like serious they go back to the, we go back to the table and she says she doesn't know you, but what we're seeing now is superficial, which once again is true. But did you need to say that? Of course it's superficial. You just met him. You can't go deep with someone who you, who you did marry one and you've known for like a day. Yeah. I mean, maybe she's in my boat. She's getting bad vibes from Michael. <laughs> <laughs> just acting on her gut. <laughs> So next is Noi meeting with Steve's parents. They just seem really cool. Steve's parents. I like them. Everyone has on sunglasses and that kind of bothered me because we can't see their eyes. <laughs> they took it off eventually. Oh, that's right. Oh, Noi meeting Steve's parents. No, they didn't. Sorry. I'm thinking of Noi's par um, parents. No. So this is going to be a problem for me because Noi starts crying again. <laughs> She starts talking about Steve wearing the fobbing and how great it was that he was open to her culture. And then she starts crying and I'm like, do you have to? I, I cannot. I can't do this. Aid, if you go through Shawnee's, you can get through anything. <laughs> Is that not the truth? <laughs> she says that Steve seems perfect and they are very quick to say he feels the same about, way about you. And they said the look on his face when he saw you. His mom says, ask him anything. He'll tell you. <laughs> His dad basically straight says straight out, he ain't got no job. <laughs> <laughs> His dad said he's a vagabond who wants to travel. And Noi said she's a bit concerned, but she's hoping he has a plan. 
And she's sure that he'll be on the same page as her. I was like, you might be sure, but I'm not sure. <laughs> um, His dad says, what if it doesn't work out? And she says, they're <laughs> in such a good place. It's hard for her to imagine. It was, I mean, noise meeting with the parents was pretty good. They hit the high points, unemployment, culture. <laughs> yeah. Um, so next, Steve gets to go meet up with her family, and they make a big, big deal about Sriracha, um, who is her brother, who has, it's not an alter ego, they explained to us, and the way, the reason why her name is Sriracha is because she's spicy. I will admit that I'm confused, because Sriracha is not transgendered, I think that was made pretty clear. So I don't know which pronouns to use. So I guess when we see Michael, I'll call him he. And when we see Sriracha, I'll call her she. Oh, but no, you don't have to. Um, I don't think you misgendered him because I think he's a he's a he. He's just in drag. And when you're in drag, you're just in drag. Like even if for those who watch um, Drag Race, when they're in drag, they call each other girl and she and my sister. But it's just, I guess, just the culture. But I think he's he identifies as male. Okay. Oh, shout out to who some one of our listeners sent us a picture of Sriracha also in drag. So thank you. I don't know why I say Sriracha in drag because if I'm saying Sriracha, that means <laughs> Michael in drag. Yes. <laughs> but yes, thank you for the picture. We saw it before we watched the episode. So yeah. Uh, so Sriracha, I guess, has been appointed like the um, person to like rake you over the coals, I guess. Uh, so Sriracha asks. Steve, when he was driving around in his van, did he find himself? <laughs> this is a way old school reference, but whenever someone talks about finding yourself, you got to think back to Dawson's Creek, like season two, three-ish, I want to say, where Dawson gets drunk <laughs> and Joey, something about Joey finding herself, and he's like looking under a table like, did you find yourself? <laughs> Do you remember this at all, Tane? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> of course not. For those of you who watched Dawson's Creek, please, please let me know. I did watch it. I just don't remember. <laughs> it was a long time ago. <laughs> oh, my memory's good, except for when it's bad. Um, we find out, which I thought was important, that Steve is not quite unemployed. He's doing freelance. Mm. I mean, freelance is some kind of money coming in. Listen. I don't want to get distracted by the fact that I think he's cute, but I've been in a rant. I remember New Orleans where I'm like, you kind of need a job with Bennett. I'm like, you need something stable if you decide that you want to have, you know, be in a marriage. Like, a lot of women look for security. So, you get, you know, why, I don't know why he signed up for this if he has no plans. Because he makes a comment later on in the episode where I'm like, what? So, you know, he needs a job. A full-time job. Let me put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes you can make more money doing freelance than you can with a full-time job. Um, I, I mean, I think right. this is going to be a sticking point. But I'm like, come on, people! Like, he, we'll find out how he's paying his bills. But I don't, I still don't think this unemployment thing is that big of a deal. Okay. Um, and I also think it makes no sense for him to try to find a job or get a job while they're filming because that clearly takes up a lot of time. This is true. Like, I can't imagine trying to juggle a new job and then asking for time off and all that stuff. So, okay, you make good points. Sriracha asks about kids. 
and is like, you're 38. (laughs) 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 It's burns old. We need to start saying that. I'm sorry. A lot of people always say like, oh, yeah, ovaries, biological. We need to start saying, because did you you see that study where it says like, you know, um, men also contribute. You know how they say if you have uh, kids when you're older, there's a higher chance of your kid, you know, having Down syndrome and all that. And that it also replies to men now. Yeah, I mean, it has so, always, it just, it's, when it comes to fertility, it's always been popular to blame women. But yes, old sperm has sometimes issues too. Yes. So just normalize saying it out loud too all the time. Like they beat us in our heads over it with it. <laughs> Steve says he doesn't want to rush. A part of me was like, Steve, you're 38 years old. <laughs> you, you, you... <laughs> you can't. Um, and Sriracha keeps going. She's like, what are your plans to be financially responsible for your future children? <laughs> and he <laughs> says different people have different expectations of what they want out of life. I'm like, Steve, I'm trying to be on your side. But as Tane says, when you have kids, like, there's a certain level of stability that you should at least aspire to. Mm-hmm. Her know. mom, her whole family, I quite enjoy. Because her mom is like, <laughs> if you want to have a baby, you have to have a job first. <laughs> All she wants is I want grandkids. <laughs> uh, so, at the end of the day, it honestly looked like Steve's meeting with her parents was and her brothers and and sister was fine. And it um, also seemed like Sriracha wanted a moment. <laughs> I don't think you become a drag queen so you can fade into the background. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Lindsay meets up with his friends. Sometimes I'm like, Lindsay has this really fun vibe around her. And sometimes I'd be like, if I met up with you, I feel like I would want you to just stop talking. Um, I, I would but, never get along with Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think it's just good to watch through my TV. But uh, in person, it's... Mm-mm. She is talking about his eating habits. Apparently, he packed goldfish to go to Puerto Rico. And they're like, is he done being Mark the Shark? And she's like, no, I miss Mark the Shark. This week, people, apparently there's a children's book called Mark the Shark. <laughs> I learned that. <laughs> um, John says he trusts everybody. And she says, same. His friend asked if she was nervous, and she's like, no, I'm excited to be with someone who's emotionally available and emotionally de- intelligent, and he would defend her, and she thinks he's intuitive and caring. And then they talk about traveling, because every year on maps we have to do this. Pair someone who doesn't go anywhere with someone who has been everywhere and plans to go everywhere else. Well, I think we've noticed a pattern, though. The women are just always more well-traveled than the men. Isn't that the truth? I made it sound so, general, but it's always a ma- the man who doesn't travel and the woman who does. Yeah. So I think it's just hard for them to pair equally yoked people when it comes to travel because it seems the men just don't travel. <laughs> yeah. Um, her friends, I'm sorry, his friends ask if they got the perfect match. She basically says yes. She asks for any advice on the mom situation. And they're, like, really clear that he has no expectations for his mom to live with him or to take care of her. Um, And she said she was a hospice nurse, so she's very familiar with delicate family issues. And it's, you know, it's nice enough. And then um, his friend hugs her and tells her she'll be part of the family. 
this is kind of like when she was talking about how Mark is like emotionally intelligent and emotionally available and he's intuitive and he's caring. This is where I started to like get a little concerned. <laughs> oh, why? Lindsay is way over the top with her effusive praise for Mark. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out why. I think we'll figure it out towards the end of the episode, but it is a lot. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, it could be a case of you date a lot of duds. You just kind of, you date someone different from everyone else that you've dated. You're just overappreciative. And this time you're actually married to the person. Or she could just be turning it on for the camera. Maybe. So they, she asked them if they're coming to the housewarming. And she says that they can take a cat when they leave because she's really concerned about this five cat situation. I don't know <clears> anything <throat> about pets. So I, I guess to me, it's like, if you, I, I don't understand, um, like I understand having too many pets and like it becoming real gross and stuff. I don't know. I don't understand why five cats is such an issue. I don't even think I need to know anything. Five card, cats just sounds like too much. Like but what if, if you're meeting each other? And one cat is too much. I guess for me, I'm like, but what's, what's, if my threshold is zero, I'm trying to understand why five is so bad. Eight. If <laughs> I like kids, it doesn't mean I want six kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, who has the time? Pets are expensive too. Like, it's not like you don't pay for all the stuff with the vets and all that stuff. And then they're everywhere in your house. And I mean, I don't know. I feel like I understand it. I guess cats live a long time too, so they can't even hope for them to like die off. Oh, um, I'm gonna wish you on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of his friends seem like super happy with Lindsay. His friends seem very nice. Mm-hmm. I always say these things with nothing to back them up besides two minutes on TV. Um, <laughs> that's all we need. We can read bad, bad vibes through the TV. Um, Mark meets with Cameron, one of her friends. Her dad and someone else without a Chiron. Um, th- her friends give him a Lindsay survival kit, and the first thing in there is a Lara bar. Um, mm-hmm. then there is a no button. They said that she'll let you know when she's angry. Um, her dad is like, I, it's really disturbing that her dad is like she needs someone to say no. She's a grown-ass woman. What the hell are you talking about? Her dad mm. says he needs to be a lion, lion tamer. Oh, no. <laughs> her dad said she needs to be a little bit tamer, and she needs to watch her words. That was like, he's like, that's the advice I had for her. Wait, were you saying you don't understand why he need, she, she needs someone to say no to her? It is a bit disturbing that a grown woman needs someone to say no to her. Okay. Like, she needs a disciplinarian. Like, she needs a father. Okay. I can see that. The way I took it was just more like, when you get, you know, she gets so excited. She's always on 1,050. And it's like, let's go do this. Let's go invest money in this. Because it's going to get it. It's kind of like, no. You don't have to. Take a deep breath. Let's think it out. Let's go get this car. Life is short. Let's go blah, blah, blah. Okay, like a father. I see your point. <laughs> <laughs> I see your point. <laughs> Mark just looks at them in shock, I feel like. 
Maybe he does look bewildered all the time. Bewildered all the time. His eyes were on, were popping. <laughs> all right. Now for poor, poor Chris. It's so interesting. We've had Chris as a villain. Now we have Chris as sort of the, literally the opposite end. So Chris goes to brunch with Alyssa's mom and her friend Taylor. Mm-hmm. And Taylor asked how the night was. And he said it was long and interesting. She has concerns. She doesn't think we're compatible. And she said she just wants to be friends. How, I, the audacity. <laughs> her mom is an optimist. And she really seems to like Chris. Because she's like, maybe it'll just take time. Listen, when she said that, my notes were when your friends and your family know that you're trash. Yeah, they sure. know. Because she was trying to be nice. You can see the mom's face like, what? It didn't work with him. <laughs> so, <laughs> man. And she's like, you know, maybe it just takes time. I'm like, mm. Time to connect and see what a great guy you are. Her poor mother thinks Chris is great. Yeah. In an interview, her mom is like, Chris could send to her. And Mm. then they go back and Chris is like, if she said 1%, then I might like think we could try. But if she says zero, that's different. And I think she's at zero. I think she says zero. Even when he said that, Taylor was like, oh, that's so sweet. I'm like, yo, too bad your friend doesn't want sweet. So So Alyssa and her stank face go to brunch with his mom and his sister and his friend Rick. (laughs) From the look of friend Rick's face, friend Rick talked to his friend, okay? <laughs> friend Rick knows what's up. Um, then I'm just start- here so I don't get fined. <laughs> he was like... <laughs> they, they start with, you probably have a ton of questions. And she lies like a mofo and is like, I don't even know where to start. And she's lying because she doesn't have any questions because she has no interest in getting to know this man. I was surprised that she still had to meet his family. Contractually obligated. (laughs) I'm actually glad you said stank face. Because I'm like, I have a visceral reaction now every time I see her face. Like, I'm just like, "Mm." His mom says they did a pretty good job at the match. And they're just like, I guess, having nice conversation. But then we go to like an interview with Alyssa. Because we realize Alyssa's not saying any type of truth. She's not really lying, but she's not saying any type of truth. And she's like, mm-hmm. she, you know, usually I would consider myself open and I'm not private, but I don't feel comfortable talking about last night. It's weird and I don't like it. So his mom explains that, you know, he's in real estate. It's a 24-7 industry. You have to be motivated and have a lot of drive to be successful. And Rick says something about, you know, he's immersed in it. And she decides to interpret that as like she would become second to work and working isn't life. And if you are looking for a wife, that cannot be your life. Alyssa's problem is that she flips the switch every time she, I'm sorry, she flips the script every time she gets an opportunity. Sometimes it's this, sometimes it's that. If anybody says anything to her, that's her opportunity to be like, oh no, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of getting to know him, she's looking for what she can use to get out of this. 
and it's just sad because she's like painfully obvious about it. Yeah. <laughs> painfully but obvious. But doesn't realize what she's doing. Like she has a completely different interpretation of everything that's going on with what's happening. But I do want to plug our bonus episode for After Party this week because all this going on with Alyssa, I can't wait to talk about it on our bonus and her appearance. For those who don't know, she was on the After Party. I thought she would never show up on there, but she did. And it was worth, it was everything. So <laughs> I'm excited. Ditto what Tane said. Ditto what Tane said. <laughs> so I've noticed... Katina and Olajuwon have a thing that they like to do to them. They didn't do this with any of the other couples where they go back and forth. And they did this to them. Um, they did it to everybody at the bachelor and bachelorette party. But I remembered Katina and Olajuwon in particular. <laughs> because what mm-hmm. they like to do is show Katina saying something and then show Olajuwon saying the complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so Olajuwon meets with Kara. Kara. Sorry, I actually noticed that they pronounce it a little bit differently than I would. So it's Kara. And, you know, they asked, well, what happened last night? And he said they made out. But that they're looking to get more on the mental. Um, Katina meets with Olajuwon's second mom. I was trying to figure out if it was actual mom. And they're like, no, second mom. Still, as Tane said, no explanation of where his mom is. I mean, I don't even need to know the whole story. It's just, you know, sometimes they mention I have a relationship. My dad doesn't want to film. I just... This is a mystery to me. I, I hope we get an answer. I really do. At some point during the season. Um, so I was actually kind of surprised that it was just second mom. Um, I was like, where's like sister-in-law and brother and like everybody else we've met. But it's, it look, I think they got married on a Sunday because at one point second mom said she had to go to work. And I was like, oh gosh, what if it's Monday and they could only get like certain people who could get off work? Um, you know, certain people work on weekends too. That too, that too. If it was one person, maybe, but the fact that it was everybody who we've seen, none of them could come to brunch. Yeah. Um, she second mom, I need to call her name, which is Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> she says that he's open and he wants a wife and a family, and she has gifts for Katina. And what she has is like like the stuff she would wear to cheer him on at his games. And this is part of I think this whole like Elijah in college. he played football in college and I think he's one of those athletes who like they leave the sports and they are so not used to being like the center of attention and the instructor and all the other things that come with being a athlete yeah I agree like now you gotta come live with us regular people (laughs) and be regular (laughs) so Jelani Katina's friend is also mm, there. Mm, 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 <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I, I I was abused by Jelani, but I also thought he kind of overstepped. So it's he okay. is looking He's at so a lot. He is hot. He is hot. Actually, when I was looking at Jelani, I was like, see, what we should really do is which FMKs would we do for the like the side characters? Because <laughs> there have been a lot of attractive friends show up. Mm-hmm. Especially this season. Maybe we... <laughs> so Jelani is like looking at Olajuwon he's like there has to be something you want out of this process either you really believe in the process that someone can do a better job of finding you a spouse or you have ulterior motive Olajuwon's getting defensive 
He says he's here for the right reasons. He says that Katina has been around. I thought he said fuckboys, but I wasn't sure. Um, that because they bleeped it out. That she'll be able to call him out on his behavior. He then I can't stand this man for the most part. He tells us that he doesn't struggle with the ladies, but he's ready to try something new. <laughs> and Jelani is like, sorry, go ahead. And it's like he couldn't stop talking. <laughs> it was like every time with a larger one, it's like you think he can see the people saying, huh? He sees them like they're losing him, but he can't stop himself. Like he just keeps going. <laughs> and he gets amped up. He does. And Jelani, I don't think that was the way to come at Jelani. Jelani is saying, like, this is not trying something new. This is a final decision. This is getting married. Yeah. And then yeah. in an interview, Jelani is like, I was irritated with his bullshit answers. He seems like he's doing this because he wants to blow up. And by blow up, I think he means, you know, get those social medias. Okay. Here's my question. When he said the ulterior motives thing, how the hell do you have ulterior motives on maths? If you want ulterior motives, go to The Bachelor. There is no <laughs> commitment. You can kiss as many people. You go to one of these other dating shows or whatever, but maths, maths is where you come for clout. <laughs> it just, it doesn't make sense to me. Every time they say, oh, you come and you don't, I truly believe these are people who think they're ready for marriage, maybe or not. But to say that you come on maths just to have ulterior, what is the ulterior motive though? Like even Chris, as bad as I think he was, I think he just thought he was ready for marriage. But I don't think maps is a is a place that helps you elevate your ulterior motive game. I don't I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's just it doesn't doesn't gel for me. I guess for the people like the the ecosystem of people who are just dying to be on a reality TV show to get the twenty thousand followers. I don't, I, we don't really operate that way and we don't really understand it. But I do think there are people, I mean, Jamie went on The Bachelor before she came here. Like, there are people who just try every show until they get one. But Jamie, I, I think she really wanted to get married. For real, for real. I mean, <laughs> I, no, I agree old, with that too. That was old school Bachelor, but. But that's what I'm I, saying. So there were no ulterior motives. But I'm saying, I just, there are so many reality dating shows now that if you have ulterior motives why not even go to the ones where you can actually have sex you can date other people you can do whatever you want why would you choose maps is what i'm saying that's why because you're when jelani wasn't kept... accepted to those quick enough <laughs> who picked you Just, first i mean that happened to taylor but <laughs> uh, i mean i guess So that was the end of people meeting families. It, as per usual, it was fun to watch, but there wasn't a lot there. <laughs> All right. So we move on to hold on them being told where they're going for. Sorry, let me say that again. We move on to them being told where they're going for their honeymoon. So Michael tells us in a selfie cam. Do you call it a selfie cam or a couple cam? <laughs> I like selfie cam personally. Okay. Michael tells us in a selfie cam that he still needs to win over her people. Um, Jasmine is with him. This is the part where they all get together and just recount their whole experience with their friends and family. 
that he still needs to win over her people, that they are not 100% sold. And Jasmine is like, I just met his sisters and they are 100% sold. So that was funny. Um, Mark tells Lindsay about the visit and how it was nice. I do think Mark and Lindsay had good visits with each other's friends and family. Um, Noi asked Steve about his plans for work, I think rather timidly, but it's a valid question. So I don't know why she seemed a little <laughs> scared. And Steve has some answer about how, you know, they've had that discussion. And this is a comment that I was referring to earlier. And if and or when he wants a permanent job. <laughs> I'm like, first of all, qualifiers, dude. If and or what? <laughs> like, so that's where I'm like, so what is your plan? Like, I totally understand the stress of work. Sometimes you just need a breather, especially in this climate. But uh, yeah, I don't know about this freelance thing. Unless it pays really handsomely. Uh, I don't know. But so, um, no, one oh, of, um, someone I, one of my best friends just quit her, well, maybe like a year ago, she quit her job to go back to freelancing. And she's like, I make more money and I enjoy my life more. So that's why I'm like, freelancing is a legitimate way to like make a living. You know what? That makes sense. I think the way I hear freelance and I'm thinking starving artists and it's like, <laughs> whatever jobs come my way, I'll just take it. And I'm just, but yeah, times have changed, you know, and it doesn't benefit the mass producers if they say he's freelancing and making money. It's just easier to say he's unemployed. Oh, it helps them better. <laughs> exactly. Focus on that. So, okay, <laughs> we can go with that. So Katina and Olajuwon meet up, and I'm wondering why her outfit is like a knit sweater type outfit, because I thought it was summer. It's cute as hell. She's wearing the hell out of it, but it just seemed more like a cold weather type situation, but I just wondered about that. So Olajuwon says that, you know, he didn't get anything helpful from them, and Jelani was really tough on him because he already has an image of him, and I gotta say that Olajuwon has a point. Um... Katina says that Jelani is her protector and she trusts him because he's a good judge of character. A larger one stands his ground and is like, I don't try to convince grown men. If they don't rock with me, they don't rock with me. That should be on the placard somewhere <laughs> because <laughs> you really shouldn't try to convince people to like you. And that's God. <laughs> that's the honest <laughs> truth. Um, Thinking like Olajuwon, I'm actually surprised he didn't say this. Do we think that Jelani likes Katina? I mean, I believe in platonic relationships, but, you know, based on what he said on After Party last time where he thought uh, Chris's friends were jealous <laughs> of Alyssa of all people. But do, did that cross your mind at all that maybe Jelani liked? Because he was a little aggressive. I'll say that. No, he came I think... No, I actually, I thought it was interesting that Katina said that she trusts him because he's a good, good judge of character. Because as you know, I don't, I think Olajuwon ain't shit. So I was like, oh, Jelani's a good judge of characters. <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm I'm the same in that I believe in platonic friendships. So I don't think that's it. Okay. So they get the gifts, the gift baskets going, letting them know that they're headed to Puerto Rico for their honeymoon. Um... I love Puerto Rico. It's one of my favorite places that I've ever been to. So I am just as happy for them, especially this. We have winter, heavy winter where we are. It's so cold. So then I started looking up tickets to Puerto Rico. I'm not joking. <laughs> I just, Puerto Rico is one of the things that the um, pandemic stole from me. I was going to have a huge 
family cruise that was going to sail out of San Juan and we had booked our deposits and uh, then pandemic came and we haven't rescheduled that trip. So I have still not seen Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah, it's good. Food is so flavorful, too. That's rare. Um, Another season where the women are more well-traveled than the men, but Mark looks terrified, but then he always does. And just ask Lindsay if they have burgers over there. <laughs> I don't know where he thinks he's going. It's still within the United States. <laughs> but dang, did you see his eight bags of Parmesan goldfish? Not even I'm the regular, getting... the Parmesan. I'm getting there. I'm like, this man has like gazillion. You know, when Lindsay said it, we thought it was her being over the top. No, he has a gazillion packs of goldfish. But I don't blame him. Goldfish goes hard, though. You're going the away for a cheddar cheese. He hey. packed a bag a day. He's a big man. He needs his goldfish. You know, goldfish goes down really quick. Like you just put a handful, and before you know, it, it's gone. Am I telling on myself? But yeah, I love goldfish. I think- the regular though, I don't know. <laughs> I don't mess with the Parmesan flavor, but old. I also like the colors too, because I'm a child. Um- <laughs> <laughs> All this to say, never would I go on vacation and buy a bag of goldfish to consume a day. No, no one does that, except Mark the shark. <laughs> um, besides asking where the burgers are, Mark, he asks, like, um, he says that he doesn't speak the language. And then I'm like, does he think they don't speak English there? Like, I, you know, part of it is who knows what Lindsay, in the light of things that happen, who knows what <laughs> Lindsay has said to him? Because <laughs> Lindsay's like, I've been there. And he made a comment, like, you know, Lindsay, she speaks the language. I don't speak the language. And I'm like, what did this woman tell him? So we see Michael fiddling with something. And he's like, you know, I'm be honest. I have no idea what this is for. And Jasmina just whispers, it's your suitcase tag. <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> and Michael's like, oh, yeah. It basically seems like they're doing a round robbing, showing how the guys are just like <laughs> not exposed to things. And Michael says, you know, he's excited. And then he starts to say that, oh, I've never been out the country. And thank God he caught himself. And he's like, oh, wait, it's still in the country. <laughs> but I guess now we know that I guess Michael has never left the country before. So they're going through the basket and Noi thinks that everything is cute for everything she brings out. She's like, cute. And Steve points that out in the confessional and he laughs about it. And I cross my fingers. I'm like, oh my God, hopefully this is not a secret Johnny because he's going to use this against you later and say you are childlike and think everything is cute. So what I appreciate about maths is that if Steve is going to do anything like that, it'll be new and original because (laughs) these people always think of new and original ways to hurt each other. (laughs) This is true. I mean, that was a first. You're too giddy. Wow. So, (laughs) so, um, yeah. And then noise that's showing him like different articles of clothing. And then Steve is like, how do you do this? How do you wear this? And that's what I mean by at this point, it just looked like they were trying to show like, like the men are dumb or something. I don't know what the point was. <laughs> then Olajuwon is trying to show Katina how to bachata. He's like a little kid. He's like, again, you know how we say Lindsay's like on 100. I feel like he's also on 100. He's just more likable. <clears throat> Depends so, on your definition of likable. 
So Katina says, you know, she doesn't know if they're going to have sex on their honeymoon and she'll plead the fifth on that. And then I'm like, did they have sex last night? So You know, I thought the same thing. Who knows? The truth always comes out. So. Yeah. So then we see Chris and Alyssa. <laughs> and <laughs> they're such a downer. Such a downer. I, th- I thought we couldn't go lower than Brett and Ryan, but here we are. Chris says Alyssa's friend told him that this is classic Alyssa and to give her time. And I noticed that as they're pulling things out, they did pull out some pineapple bottles. And this pineapple thing is bugging me. It shouldn't, but it is. Um, Chris continues to tell us that he's not convinced that she is not on zero. He's not wrong. Alyssa is here for a free trip. That's that's the only thing I can think of. After the honeymoon, I will be very surprised if she still stays. But that's just me. <clears throat> I mean, if she couldn't stay in a hotel room with him, how is she going to stay in a house with him? She's not. So, and, you know, I'm not going to complain. If they're off the show, I'm not going to complain. She's a downer. So Chris asks her about how she feels of going on a trip like this with him. And she says she wants to go and see the other couples. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my Lord. And, you know, he starts talking about, you know, I'm excited to go explore. She's like, I don't like to explore during vacation. He's like, we could go shopping. She's like, no, I just want the beach. He's like, yeah, we can do the beach, too. Basically, this is Alyssa. Chris says, I like to breathe. Alyssa's like, you know, I'm not really a fan of breathing. I'd rather (laughs) just hold my breath. Like, (laughs) Then she tells us in the confessional that, you know, he just rubs me the wrong way. When she said that, I hate to be that person, but honestly, I now understand why her boyfriend dumped her the way he did. He was desperate for oxygen because she seems like she's a joy to be around. Like, she just seems like she sucks the air out of a room. Although Mm -hmm. I haven't seen her interaction with other people, but based on what we heard on After Party, you know, she's a blocker. So she's annoyed and she says that Chris is trying to yes her to death and I feel so bad. I think they should have just annulled this wedding and brought in a backup. It wouldn't have been like a legally binding, you know, wedding, but it would have been a union. And I think that's something they need to consider. Like if people are trying to act a fool, like just get out and then just try it out with this other person. I know they think that it will be like a mockery, but I think this is just unfair to Chris. Let me put it that way. I really like that idea. Like a backup sixth couple and within five days of the first couple, they have another wedding. I don't know how this would work, but I like this idea. <laughs> it, it it wouldn't be a wedding. The only difference would just be like, oh, this is an extenuating circumstance. It's not a wedding, but you're le- you're not legally bound, but you're, um, what's that thing? A common law wife accepts this one Okay, day. you're taking this too far. If there's no wedding, what's the point? <laughs> well, because we you're just not going to be able to put do. a wedding together. Which is they have five couples so that if one drops out, they still have plenty of material. Yeah. Oh, God. Five. That'll be a lot. So all the couples meet up to go to the airport, but they didn't show much interaction. Just waiting, you know, for the bus to take them there. We get a whole bunch of selfie cams in the plane. But it wasn't clear if they were all on the same flight at that time. But later on, we find out that you know, they were on the same flight. At this time, did you think they were on the same flight? Um, I wasn't sure, 
But but you know they all went to the airport together, so we probably should have assumed that they were on the same flight. I did notice that half of them didn't have their masks on when they were doing these selfie videos, and I'm like, I don't see you eating or drinking. Put your mask back on. Well, that comes up later too. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was an issue. Well, the reason I ask is like, um, we've had other seasons where we've wondered, you know, did they come in at the same time? It seems like they were separate because, like for Vegas, they all went in together, but it seems like they came in at different times. And then mm-hmm. last year. Merlin Gill came like nighttime. So I don't know. So while Chris is doing a selfie cam in the airport, just saying we arrived, Alyssa just walks right by him. (laughs) Don't even say nothing. (laughs) She's like, I'm pretty sure she just walked by me. (laughs) Oh boy. Then all of a sudden we see a producer. Once you see a producer, you know something good is coming this way. <laughs> he's like, oh, it looks like Lindsay and Mark are not coming on the bus. And then next thing we see is Mark telling us that Mr. and Mrs. MTS are having the VIP treatment with a bus of their own. Then the producer tells the group that, you know, they're not joining, that they think Lindsay's upset. And Katina's like, good, that's fine. She should be upset. I'm like, oh, Lord, it's getting good already. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then we see Olajuwon tell us how Lindsay is trying to tell people what to speak. And they can speak English or Spanish if they want. They're all adults and we don't play that. I appreciate the setup of this because at this point we're like, what, 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 what happened? <laughs> Bits and pieces, but the joy that the wedding is over, the honeymoon hasn't started, but shit is already going down. I'm like, this is why we watch maps. I'm so embarrassed because we always say we don't want the drama. But we do. We do. <laughs> so um Elijah One tells us how Lindsay came up to him and Katina and asked, you know, Elijah One if he speaks Spanish. And he says, like, he knows a little, but not fluent. And when he gets there, he's going to speak English because that's what he's comfortable with. And then she proceeds to tell him that, you know, he's in the native land. And he's like, uh, worry about your husband, boo. <laughs> and that's parts the phrase native land. Spanish is from Spain. <laughs> Y'all, I'm sorry. But this is from Spain. This is- this Lindsay being peak white woman like don't overcompensate this is not where we need your allies ship like every time they say this again I think these people think they're in Mexico because I don't <laughs> I don't understand but you so, this is where you really gotta get if you're gonna start doing this woke shit you better get your terminology right you cannot be saying native land language or whatever <laughs> So Katina adds that while she was walking away, she said, I want to fight him. In the confessional, Katina is just really feeling everything I'm feeling. She's like, this is not even Spanish. Okay, I thought that music, and I was like, do you mean Hispanic? I know. She means Spanish. Hispanic, Latina, but you know, we get the idea. She's heated. She's like, I don't care if you've lived here for a year, for however long or whatever, you are not. <laughs> so Mark tells us, you know, in the, we're back to their bus. And Mark is like, you know, we had a situation, but nothing's going to spoil our honeymoon. Lindsay already looks like she's been crying. 
And Jasmina's like, I'm wondering how we just met and there's already drama. Like, Jasmina's not about that life. She just likes to protect her peace, her light. <laughs> and <laughs> Katina adds to the producer, keep Lindsay away from me and I'm dead serious. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I just I went I, to commercial. I just about died because I was like, this white girl told these black people that they were speaking the wrong colonizer language. Girl. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. I, I know you don't watch Project Runway, but we had a situation like that on Runway where the guy asked for like a black model because he was doing something Haitian and the white girl there just kept going and going like, it's not fair. I'm sorry on behalf of my people. And I'm more like, what? How did we even get here? And he's like, stop. And then someone, the Asian guy came to ask her for her Asian model. And she lost it. <laughs> and she just said, it's not fair. You can't do this to me. And then they went off on her. I was like, this is why don't be a fake ally. Like, don't try to do more than the people that you're fighting for. Like, just oh, read the room. Read the room. Anyways. We'll be right back, guys. And we are back. The situation is mostly over, but it's not really. So mm-hmm. Katina says again that Lizzie said on the plane they had an exchange of word. Katina says she doesn't know about Lindsay. And I just I just want to remind the people. Um, we already know that something happened at the bachelorette party because we watched <laughs> we watched after party and they discussed mm-hmm. it, and Alyssa had blocked her. Now it was Alyssa, so he kind of looked sideways. But Katina mm-hmm. and um, Jasmina also kind of made points that made it seem like maybe not everybody gets along with Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it also explains, you know, how when we were watching, we were like, we're not sure how they feel about her. We're getting like weird vibes, but this gives more context to the vibe that we were getting because <laughs> Lindsay was like, I don't know why she blocked me. And they were like, you know why she blocked me. <laughs> So then we get a selfie cam and Lindsay says she just checked into the honeymoon suite and she needed a second to regroup. One of the husbands got aggressive with her, puffing Mm -hmm. his chest out and raising his voice and brought her to a place where she didn't feel comfortable and it shot her down to her core. I was so mad listening to this. Sometimes when you hear two sides of an argument, because we kind of heard Olajuwon's side and Katina's side, Katina and Olajuwon were very clear, like, this is what she said that made us upset. But Lindsay, instead of talking about what was said, she decides to go about how it made her feel. She doesn't make any mention of what was said, but, oh, no, he got aggressive. And, oh, he puffed his chest out. Mind you, people, I don't like Olajuwon. But I, Lindsay really, uh, we, we know what happened here. Now we know because you told us, because you couldn't tell us what was said. You could only talk about how you feel. Yeah. And, and, and we got back up. Guys, I know we're talking a lot about after party, but it's just that's where we're getting our tea from. But the, there was back up there emphasizing that she kept poking and poking and poking. And Mark backed that up. So she's miss, there's a lot of holes in her story. Now she takes another opportunity to do her effusive praise of Mark, who she has known for maybe two days at this point. 
<laughs> she says that she has the best husband in the world. He's so supportive and nurturing. He'll talk to people. And I'm just thinking, poor Mark has one of these wives who wants to start shit and then leave you to go fight for her. <laughs> I don't this know. Woman. When was the camera when all this happened, though? <laughs> <laughs> they're, I know they're, they're on the... Well, a lot of it happened on the plane, where, of course, they're not going to have a ca- camera. They need to start finding a PJ so we can capture everything. Um, <laughs> And she says that Mark's support is all she's ever wanted, and she's grateful. So... You have to under next week. I want to explain exactly how I saw this because the way I saw it was Noi, Steve, and Chris. And I was like, is Chris third wheeling it with Noi and Steve? <laughs> and then we see that it's the whole group, but Chris and Alyssa are nowhere near each other. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris says that Alyssa's making it hard and she doesn't interact with him at all. And I actually am just a little annoyed because I'm like, why is everybody together? Like, this is the start of the honeymoons. Yeah. We shouldn't be seeing a group scene right now. Do you think maybe the fight is, would they just put them together to see how it's going to play out? Maybe. It was a bad idea, though. <laughs> um, and the next part is why I say it's a bad idea. So... They we see Noi and Chris like kissing all cutely by the word the because they're by the water. And Chris says that he's sure the other couples notice, but no one's asking what's going on. They know they're not like us. <laughs> <laughs> Michael says Chris is in an interview, Chris is great, but he hasn't seen him with his wife. Um, Mark and Lindsay are not present for this gathering. I should point that out. So mm-hmm. they all sit around and Katina says they're missing alcohol and then someone comes straight out with like 10 pina coladas. It looks so good though. <laughs> it did, it did. I don't even drink and I, you know, I could use a pina colada. Um, Jasmina <laughs> and Lindsay, um, Jasmina says Lindsay and Mark aren't joining them for drinks because things are heated and Olajuwon says we had a disagreement and then Olajuwon does what I like to call mayor shit. It's like what Gil used to do. <laughs> <laughs> they play like host he's like we're not gonna mess up our good time with that poor Mark comes out there apologizes to Olajuwon says that we're all learning about each other everyone has a past and he says he told Lindsay you're always at 10 and everyone has buttons can I just say though that the way the apology came out I thought was sweet because before he even opened his mouth, Olajuwon just got up and gave him a hug and was like, it's all good, it's all good. And then Mark went into his speech. Again, not like huge fans of Olajuwon here, but I still think that it was just it was just a mature thing. Like, I appreciated it. It wasn't something that dragged out, you know, for a long time. Just the nonverbal communication as soon as he walked in with the group. I, it was nice. It was. Give, you're right. I will give Olajuwon that. They all cheers to forgiveness. <laughs> um, and Olajuwon says, we all need to move on. And he wants everyone to move on. And Mike asks if an apology would change the dynamic. And Olajuwon, like Tane says, very classly, says he doesn't need an apology. Katina says she's patient. And if you see me mad, then you must have really set me off. And that she can't be in a space with Lindsay for a long period of time. <laughs> Her personality is too much for me. And Mark says he hopes things to change. 
he's in an interview and the water is really loud. So he like has to yell to be heard. <laughs> Finally, the couple separate from each other and go on their dang honeymoon. <laughs> um, Noi and Steve pop champagne. They have fun with it. They look out. Noi on the water. Noi is scared to go to the edge because they're very, very high up. We find out that Noi doesn't like heights. She makes a joke to Steve about him being used to looking down because he's really tall. And she said she was glad she was matched with him. And, and he talks about all these adventurous things he wants to do. And Noi says she can't die on her honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jasmina and Michael do a cheers to their honeymoon. And they talk about getting to know each other on a different level. They hear like bird sounds. <laughs> And Michael's like, these Puerto Rico birds are different. <laughs> <laughs> they rehash the Olajuwon and Lindsay thing. And Michael says, because they all just met, there's going to be conflict. And Jasmina disagrees and says, there doesn't have to be conflict. Jasmina says, if people know boundaries, then it doesn't have to be like that. And Michael makes the point that you have to learn each other's boundaries. And until you know them, there might be conflict. And she says, agree to disagree. And then they do a little voiceover thing and they say, she says she's thinking about his family warned him that he's a person who thinks the worst. So, <laughs> um, so now they're having a conflict. <laughs> I think Michael was right. I just didn't want to agree with him because he tends to lead with the negative. But now I'm wondering, is Jasmina one of those people who just sticks their head in the clouds? No, I... I thought their argument was so funny because they were both right. <laughs> but okay. I also don't think they were, I have a couple theories about what they were, what the actual argument was about. Oh, okay. Jasmina has met Lindsay before and she knows that she's a problem. So, you know, <laughs> when you meet someone and you're like, uh, I don't know about them. Mm -hmm. And then they come into this situation where Michael meets her. And instead of kind of like backing up, her prior knowledge. You know when your your significant other or someone meets someone who you yeah. already talk shit about and they're like, yeah. oh, they're fine. It pisses you off so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might, that was my one um, um, like theory about what they were mm -hmm. actually arguing about. Mm -hmm. And then my other theory was that Jasmina didn't see that argument with Lindsay about boundaries. Once again, she saw it about Lindsay being an asshole. And I think she was annoyed with Mike that he tried to turn it into like a bigger lesson or a bigger thing instead of just being like, oh, girl is an asshole. Okay. Yeah. Like, does point. he really think that behavior is okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But she Not was wrong. <laughs> when he took it to an academic level instead of a practical level... She wasn't willing to go to the academic level with him because he is right. Of course you have to, and, and then they took it from like group setting to like marriage, which is not the same thing. Yeah. Because he was right. <laughs> we have to learn each other and we might fight while we're getting there. This is what, this is, Michael gave me Zach vibes again. It's like, it's like a dog that won't let the bone go. Like, just let it go. Like, it's your first day. But, mm. Going back to when Mark walked into the group, did you notice he kept calling Lindsay Linz? Yeah. I thought that was cute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so next we have Mark and Lindsay. 
And Lindsay says she's, he asked her how she is and she's just taking it one moment at a time. And he just wanted to make sure that he and Katina and Olajuwon were all good. And I was like, is Mark going to explain like what happened with the apology and stuff? I don't know. And Mark says he will always have her back. And this was the part where like, I think Lindsay's supposed to learn from her actions. She's like, she says when someone makes her feel that way, she just needs to take a second. I really question the use of the term makes her feel that way. Um, she tells Mark that she likes how kind and caring he is in every situation. Um, there is a, this is really where I was like, this effusiveness and praise is weird. <laughs> Especially in the interview when she's like, I think I already love him. And she knows <laughs> it sounds crazy. And I'm like, yeah, it really does sound crazy. And I don't think it's backed up by anything real. But all of Lindsay's antics are based on, look at me, look at me, mama, look what I can do. And someone is finally giving her, not finally, I, I, I hesitate to say is forced to give her their soul attention because you're married and that's the only person you can focus on and give all your devotion for. It's a lot that she's never experienced that she's probably conflating it and thinking she believes what she's saying. All she wants in this life is attention. And to start arguments and get to walk away with them because someone else will fight it for her and make things smooth things over for her. Because in it, her mind, that is another sh show that, you know, you not love me, but you like me. And there's someone that is beholden to me. I don't know. <laughs> it's a warped way of thinking, but it makes sense to her. <laughs> this is uh, what I like to call a... I think it's interesting because Mark is going to hang on for a long time. I don't think so. <laughs> I do not think so. Mark I, is just going to be, I'm not going to mention after party again, I promise myself, but some things he said on there and then just that again, his eyes are bugging more and more with each passing episode. Every person has a breaking point. When I say a long time, I mean like six weeks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wonder if Mark will move out before decision day. That's where my mind is going. No, Mark would just go to the other bedroom. <laughs> He's not a walkout kind of guy. That I give to Michael. <laughs> this, though, I don't... I have almost... It's funny because they look good, sort of, but I have no hope for Mark and Lindsay. Actually, more than... Besides Alyssa and Chris, more than any other couple, I just I don't see it working. I have to defend you from a fight on the second day. Mm. And that's without alcohol. At least I think. <laughs> Maybe she was drinking on the plane. Maybe she was. Also, Aid, I'm very surprised you did not mention the name of the hotel. Oh, I didn't catch it. <gasps> My dear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to butcher this, but it is Caribe Hilton. Oh, okay. It looks nice. Yeah, I looked it up. I told you I'm not playing. And now I'm thinking, I have Puerto Rico in the brain now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day i'll see puerto rico looks beautiful um so next up we have Alyssa and chris our entertainment chris tells us that it feels awkward um he's not sure if he should be trying or not trying and i think chris is seeing things very clearly so they're in the hotel together and chris says it's gorgeous here but do you want to stay in it and 
she says she doesn't feel comfortable staying in the same room with someone she doesn't know well. And he calls her out on it. And he says, that's kind of a ridiculous notion. He's like, you said that two days ago. We spent like 40 minutes together. You didn't want to talk about it then. I did all the work to get the cameras away so we could Mm. talk. And there was never any point where she put in effort. No lies told by Chris. Mm -hmm. And like Chris sees things clear. He says, you expected the perfect person and you got someone else. And she says, I don't like her terminology. I'll give her a pass, but we're not supposed to use these words. She said, I feel gypped and you feel gypped. There's been nothing but problems. I'm like, but where did all these problems come from? From you. You. And she repeats Mm. her list from earlier. We have differences in core values and beliefs and hobbies. I'm like, you guys have spent no time together. That's the place where Chris should have said, what are my core values? Since you seem to know it. (laughs) Well, how did you find out? What are they? Okay. So he says, all these things keep happening and you think you gave it a chance? And she said, this is key, people. She said, do you think I'm lying? And he says, yes. There was never a point in this process where you put in any effort. And she storms away. I'm not going to stand here while you say that. So she goes inside because she's leaving. You know, that is her thing. She just leaves. And she says, he called me a liar. Bitch, you asked him, do you think I'm lying? And he answered it the affirmative. He didn't call you a liar. I just, this girl is crazy. The fact that she was sitting on the chair and then she covered her face with a hat. What an idiot. (laughs) I don't know what she thought she signed up for. (laughs) And this one says, this is where I'm like, you you were not well. Because she's like, I'm a nice person. Be nice to me. Why would you call me a liar? And she says, every single time that I say that I'm over this one thing, where this is the point where she really loses us. We're like, what are you talking about? Or that I, or this one thing that I saw, or this one thing that I found out, or this one thing that I heard, something else happens. Okay. So they flash back to him telling her mom and her best friend that she's not that into him, basically, and that she just wants to be friends. And he's basically like, so you want me to lie? And she's like, I don't want to lie. It's supposed to be. So first she accuses him of lying. And then she switches it to, it was supposed to be confidential. So he didn't lie about what he said. You just didn't want people. And by people, she says it's her mom and her best friend. But what she really means is the cameras to know. Hey, listen, the minute she said confidential, I was tuned out. On a TV show? On mass? (laughs) On mass? I also think what annoyed me about it is she, and this will come up in after party. Sorry, guys. She keeps on acting like he owes her confidentiality. They have no relationship. You can't ask someone for to keep secrets for you who you don't know them and you've not taken the time to get to know them and he doesn't owe you shit. This is just, this is wild. This is how someone has a point of view about things we see things as viewers and she has a completely different narrative just running through her mind and the fact that she seems offended by him is just wild it's it's irresponsible in a sense um so she at this point i'm like chris needs to go like you you shouldn't have to like this woman is yelling at you about how you've disrespected her and you what he needs to leave. So she talks some more nonsense. 
trust, disrespect, and he says he'll go to the other room. And he walks away and he says he doesn't disrespect her and she may be gaslighting him. I kind of wish he wouldn't have said gaslighting. Oh, this is one of the few times that he actually said that, used it in the right terminology. She did gaslight him. By... Is it the By whole, saying, like, you did something? There's something about you. It's your fault. Yes, she flipped the script on him by saying that I'm gypped, you're gypped. How? I have not done anything to gyp you except be born. That's, that's, <laughs> the real, that's what you were offended by, that you're not attracted to me. And then saying that I broke your trust. He wanted to talk. You didn't want to talk. You finally, he like he said, he got the camera set up. She's taking credit for that. And then just flipping it on him that she's rude and she's nice, she did gaslight him. That was one of the few times that it was used correctly to me. Okay. She said, he says that it doesn't feel great going through the process. They haven't spent a whole lot of time getting to know each other and she's written him off and he's frustrated. And he's still trying to decide if he wants to save this marriage. I actually feel this is one of those times where we'll tell somebody to run and they, you know, it won't take them a whole 16 weeks or whatever of us watching mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's no, it's just, I just want this to be over for this poor man. He yeah, doesn't need to be very, around her. Um, someone on Twitter said he is the male page. In a lot of ways, he is. But that whole lack of, um, like, time together. <laughs> like, I feel like Paige had, like, a couple weeks. <laughs> Of yeah. something and then got all of this. He literally had like 20, not even a day, like eight hours. You, you see why I said we probably need another expert, one who's going to travel around, because why the hell is there an expert not on the phone already in this situation? Why? Trying to talk Alyssa into being a decent human being. I don't know. I think they should add an extra expert and the job of that expert is everywhere they're going they're going to be on call <laughs> they'll pay you more but you're going on a honeymoon <laughs> with them <laughs> you're going on their one month anniversary you're going on their dates and you be in the corner <laughs> i'm kidding but honestly i think they should have at least had an expert on facetime or something also i think that Alyssa should not have gone on this honeymoon don't reward her with a good time no <laughs> you don't want to be with him you don't want to spend the night well, figure out what you want to do with the marriage by staying in Boston. You don't get to go to Puerto Rico. That's just me. <laughs> that That is probably true. But, <laughs> you know, they have the plan. They have the camera crew all set to go. So it's probably in their best interest to make them get on the plane. So at least they can break up with, around everybody else. Mm-hmm. So last up is Katina and Olajuwon. Olajuwon is glad that she had his back. And he'll he promises to have her back too. He calls her a little chihuahua. Um, she says the reason she snapped is because she doesn't like when females bully other people. I didn't really love the term females, but okay. Um, although I'm like she was trying to be derogatory towards Lindsay, <laughs> and she feels like Lindsay is shady. He says not to dwell on it. Um, and I could tell that she's looking forward to like. Looking into the future being like, we still have to be on vacation with this girl. Um, And he tells her to focus on the two of them and to stick with Katina and Olajuwon. Olajuwon says that Katina has a wall. And I don't 
actually think he's wrong. I have kind of sensed that she, even from like the wedding, she's been a little holding it back a little. Mm-hmm. I do think that personality is complimentary for someone like Olajuwon. If he he's the kind of person like if he gets someone who's fawning over him and doing all that, even though that's what he wants, that's where he loses interest and wants somebody else. But when he gets someone that he thinks, quote unquote, is like a conquest, and he's like, Why are you not, you know, bending to my whims and falling for my imaginary charms? That is gonna make him like sit up, I think. So I think it's a good choice by the experts to have someone that's not as warm. Yeah. Um, and so they have like a further discussion about the walls and they talk about how the honeymoon is an opportunity to get closer. And Elajuan asks her why it's so scary to be vulnerable. Our favorite word. She she says she's scared of disappointment. She says people he says people are people and he's her husband. I'm like, uh, no, really right now you're just kind of a person. <laughs> she can't help but be cautious in the past she had a lot of rope she gave people a lot of chances it's not that she's not hopeful but she is more on guard and he says don't let previous people dictate our future and he said that you know that's who he used to be and how he treated women in the past and it's not like that and katina says he can't change overnight but he does talk about his past with like regrets and so Mm -hmm. she's good with moving forward with caution yeah, I think they get all caught up in, uh, to be fair, eight weeks in math's world is like, what, a whole year in regular life? So when they get caught up and, you know, really feeling a person, they expect them to just open up and be vulnerable in like two days. But they're getting ahead of themselves. <laughs> uh, you know, when I first watched it, I was like, a large one, just chill. Like, you've known her for two days. And I, she's definitely, you can't accuse her of not trying. She's just not all the way in yet. But now that I think about it, I'm kind of glad he brought it up. It was worth talking about. Yeah. And then to me, listen, I'm not like, oh, huge fan of Olajuwon. I just don't dislike him as much as you guys do. (laughs) Because I still think there's hope. But I think him bringing that up is just like a little backup. Like, you know, he just might be taking this seriously. Um, And not wanting it to just be surface, you know. Yeah. Because he is like Lindsay in a bit. He's like a little boy that just wants a hug. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aid, who has your bouquet for the week? Now, you know that I am generally opposed to giving bouquets to people for suffering. But I do think there's a little bit more going on there. So I'm going to give it to Mark. <laughs> because... <laughs> He did handle Lindsay's nonsense. I don't think I could do that. Like, he was so like, oh, we're getting the VIP treatment, and let me go smooth it out with the group, and let me defend her, even though she's trash. And I think that um, while his efforts may not be um, for the right person, I just think that is like, how how else can you handle this situation? Like, he did a good job. Mm-hmm. So who has your bouquet? Listen, my bouquet goes to Lindsay and Mark. Um, the thing is, sometimes I make up my mind and then Lindsay does something I should know better and wait till the end of the episode, but I still decided to give it to Lindsay and Mark. Mark, for all the reasons you just mentioned, he handled everything 
like a gentleman, even though he had doubts, he didn't do the usual thing. It gives me red flags. Like even in confessionals, I don't think we heard that. We didn't hear him say, I have red flags. I'm worried about this or whatever. It's just what it is. But I still gave it to Lindsay because I think, you know, the whole thing that about Mark's uh, mom and receiving the way she received it. Listen, some people are bailing just from what they heard from a groomsman. <laughs> and she, he dropped the whole heavy thing in his life and she, you know, received it and took it well. I thought she had a really good visit with his friends and they seemed to gel and everything was gravy up until Puerto Rico. So Lindsay and Mark for me. <laughs> okay. Who has your burnt ashes? I'm going to let you have the other one. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Lindsay. For <laughs> how are you going to tell black people that they're speaking the wrong colonizer language? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I can't get over it. And um, yeah. And then try to make yourself the victim. I, it's, it, I can't, I can't. Yes. And to add to that, I mean, she's not my ashes, but to add to that, the whole thing is getting old of a black man, aggressive, made you feel some type of way and not including what you did in the situation. Yeah. All of the above. Who has your burnt ashes? My burnt ashes goes to Alyssa and Chris. Hmm. It goes to Alyssa for all of the reasons that I don't have to mention. But it also goes to Chris because know your worth. Like, just leave. Like, I don't understand why she's dictating the relationship. Like, you want to try? He wants 1%. Like, I just want it not to be zero. No, it doesn't have to be. You don't want it. You're not going to put up with this. You are better than this. Don't bring bad vibes into your life. Just walk away. Those are my ashes. Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> That's it for this week. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Twitter at AlterCallMAFS, A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on the socials. Yes, we're available everywhere that you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen. Give us a five-star rating, please, on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. We love hearing from you from socials like Aid said. Keep all the comments going on our Instagram and our Twitter. And don't forget that we have a bonus episode on our Patreon. Every Monday, we have the recap of the MAPS after party. And we hope to see you here next week. Bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.